I can think of only one thing that could lift my spirits right now. Beer. 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 This is Drink of Ages on ESPN 97.5. The only show dedicated to craft beer, spirits, and music. Here's your host and luminary, John Denman. John Denman. All right, welcome to this week's episode of Drink of Ages Radio Show. I am John Denman, Tom Painter. Goes. We're back! <laughs> oh, Tom. Oh, man. You missed a really good show last week. We Did were, I? It, it was just <laughs> excellent beers, uh, pretty kick-ass spot over at Foss up in uh, Conroe. That yeah, I don't it, doubt. What, what, what I have some questions with is your drive home. Well, and, and if you drove home or if you just, like, stayed in the brewery. Well, you know, if you don't remember it, did it happen? I'm joking. That's a bad thing to say, especially on that stretch of 45. No, it wasn't anything. It wasn't that crazy, Tom. It wasn't that crazy. Uh, no, but it, it, it was a really good-looking spot, man. And we had a really good time out there last week. This week, the, we're back in Houston inside the Loop Yes. Uh, on a very, very hard road, you know, very uh, business-killing expansion of drainage or whatever they're doing out here. But we're at Great Heights. Yes. Great Heights. Patrick Christian is joining us. Hello, Drink of Ages. Uh, <laughs> you know, a lot of, yeah, it's definitely an a excellent spot in Houston to go to to drink some really good beers. They just celebrated their anniversary. So, that's right. Yeah, we did last month. Uh, we celebrated our fourth anniversary, which our actual anniversary is in August, but uh, we have a pretty small indoor space, so we've always done our party in November just because. If you're going to be in a parking lot in Houston, November sounds better than August. You know, everyone plays, they, they pick the anniversary game, like, in Houston, because, like, what, when is, like, I know over at No Label, like, well, the, the date has, has, like, the actual keg sale day, it's, like, somewhere in the fall, but, like, it's, like, well, it always one, moves to, like, the best, this one, bad best time of year. This yeah. one, I think, I think Spindle Tap, at least, had a good run uh, on a good anniversaries, and then Spindle Tap, <coughs> yeah, Spindle Tap, no then, label. I think last year, Great like, Heights, yeah. Southern Yankee, and Holler know. is also November. Yeah. yeah, so all these, all these breweries. I think we had like five weeks in a row with uh, pretty sizable anniversary parties. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our actual, the first day we ever opened our doors was August twenty third, a Wednesday, and that that following Saturday was when Harvey rolled through. So it's. It's always easy for us to remember exactly when we... A nice, cool we, August 23rd. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> exactly <laughs> when August, we opened. Exciting. And then it got more exciting. Uh, there's something like August 23rd in, in Houston, Texas. Uh, I just... Well, typically, <laughs> that's a great time of year to be in Houston I just anyways, wanna, I want right? to take off my hoodie right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're looking for, like, a, a sauna with a million or, how many, three and a half million people, yeah. August is the time to be in Houston. Well, yeah. it's a good time to drink beer. Definitely. It's, it's you know so yeah, people often ask why we don't like you guys are don't have any zoning in Houston right and like and and like all these rich poor and all these neighborhoods so close together and people living together it's because of August twenty third uh, <laughs> if you because I mean once you get out of the car everyone's sweating <laughs> you, yeah. like, like no matter who you are you will sweat through your shirt yeah I I just can't imagine putting on like a wool suit. And going into an office building downtown in like the 30s before that's air how that is how people dress, you know. Even like in the summertime, 
Yeah, let me put on my wolves. You know, if I'm I'm leaving the house, I'll be back and spend 30 minutes getting dressed to go outside and, and like 90 degree weather, 150 percent humidity. Yeah, I don't know how you sleep at night. You can't if you open a window. You're probably not going to get a breeze, but you're definitely going to get mosquitoes. So, how do you get any airflow before air conditioning? I don't know. Greatest invention of the 20th century, air conditioning for sure. Well, I think that's really air conditioning took off, and so did the city of Houston, New Orleans. Uh, Whoa, <laughs> because we became slightly more livable. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even now, I mean, summertime, everybody's like, "Oh man, it's summertime really horrible in Houston." I'm like, no, I go from when air conditioning room to another it's not really that bad yeah it's true it's true or, or you just embrace the sweat the uh i can so so i'll, I'll be like and no i'll be like just sweating my ass off and then, mm. and then it's just like let me just walk in the cold box and just uh, like the, the great thing about working at a brewery in houston texas you just walk into a the cold, cold box, box and then you're like you're like jesus you're just like you're just taking it all in mm. all the fans are like oh. and then people in the tap room you know they'll walk in and be like what uh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> it, it actually is kind of unnerving the two or three days a year where the temperature is colder than the cold box, and you walk in there and you think it's broken because it's warmer. Like, oh, right? Oh, I gotta, now I gotta call the repair guy. Nope. Now it's 32 outside. It actually is 32 degrees. Well, like last year, I mean, we had the big freeze. I mean, that, that was like a week long or something like that. Yeah, everybody that shut down. Week. Yeah. It was like a cold box. All of Houston was a cold box. And we'll see what happens in February. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) It's it's crazy, though. Being in the production side of a brewery in Houston, uh, at least the vast majority of them that are not climate controlled, it's like a different job once you get to, like, maybe November through April than it is the rest of the year. Like, it's, it feels like it's about 10% the work. You start gaining weight back. Well, right. <laughs> I mean, like, is, that a, a, is that how it a, works? After enduring May through October, yeah. and then when the, when, the, when the weather finally breaks and you're not hitting 90s every day, it really, it, it's just so much easier. It feels like it, you're not even working anymore. Now, those um, like five, six months are miserable. So you're on vacation, work more hours. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean. Get more beer. I'm an owner. I don't have to spend much time back there. I have an air-conditioned office, but it some of our guys, yeah. Well, no, it's rough. Uh, yeah, there's, there's definitely, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of breweries in Houston that the, the brew house is not air-conditioned. And Oh, I, man, there can't be more than, you could probably count on one hand the number that are air-conditioned. That are, yeah. 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 Uh, ours is not. No, <laughs> yours is not. Yours is not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> spindle tap air conditioning, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, we, we like our people. Not only <laughs> uh, <laughs> not, not only air conditioned, uh, uh, a golf course, baseball, baseball diamond, <laughs> uh, soccer field. They're working on the uh, that the stuff's bridge. not air conditioned. Uh, they're working on the bridge to go across the street so they can build the gazebo. The uh, <laughs> Yeah, you know, the, the the rainbow rainbow bridge, the rainbow. you know, across Hurst Road. <laughs> so AC is a, is a, is a small is a small thing to do, you know, like yeah. that's a small part. Like like tr- try capturing like you know the actual Ten Commandments and putting them in a tap room. That's what Brody's doing at Spindle Tap. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, it's it's at least your tap room. Yeah, you know, when you come here, like, like there's also still a lot of tap rooms that aren't 
that do yeah, not have air conditioning. Yeah, we were we were never going to open an unair conditioned tap room. That was that was that was that would be a non-starter. We knew from the get-go that we wanted a little neighborhood tap room uh, that was air conditioned, not in a you know not in a business park off of a highway. Like we wanted we wanted to be nestled in a neighborhood with real regulars that could that could walk over and you know something more. Well, there's a lot of us now, but back when we started planning this brewery in 2015, that, you know, that wasn't that common. It's, you know, it's kind of become much more common at this point. As, as tap rooms evolve, it'll be like the next, you know. Yeah, there was definitely this group of people, right? Like, like, like there's a, when you see the breweries at launch, like when Great Heads launched, it was like, it was like AC, tap room, well, yada, yada, yada. What, what will the next generation, like, see, see about what's at Great Heights and other breweries and be like, well, what, what, what we, you know. Oh, what's going to come next? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green space. Yeah. <laughs> A lot of green space. Well, our, our neighbors on our block, they embrace the outdoor area. And they do. They do great. Yeah, they have very great outdoor well. space, and they reap the benefit of that. Our outdoor space is not as ample. I wish we had more. We have a... Just an asphalt parking lot. Uh, you have a not so secret patio. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we do have two decks, but it, you know they're located on top of asphalt parking lots. They're not. They're not beautiful. I, mean, I guess at no label. I, th- you, I, I think they're pretty. I think they're pretty beautiful. At no label, you guys have a lot of outdoor space. It's yeah. Not I mean, scenic, like like it's, like it's like. Big. It's scenic in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> Some great you. sunsets. <laughs> that definitely happens over the silos when you're looking west and over the parking lot. Yeah, actually, the silos are pretty cool landmarks. Yeah. There, there were a couple, a couple months ago, someone told us we had the ugliest silos in all of Katy. And I was like, hey, man. <laughs> That's offensive. Are, are, there, are there silos just all over Katy? I guess I. Well, there's three of them, and we had the ugliest, uh, apparently. Okay. Well, but it's okay. It's, still in know, the top three, though. True, <laughs> and, and then uh, then, tra- and then trailer uh, was like, it's like oh, I wasn't told I was gonna work at the ugliest like brutally silos at, like at Katie's. I'm gonna quit. I was like, no, don't don't quit, because he might go to Great Heights. <laughs> how's he, how's he working out? Like he's he's a great guy. Oh Taylor, Taylor, Taylor. Yeah. So so we yeah so. Mm. Taylor left. Almost the, forgot this whole little yeah. twist of the plot. <laughs> yes. Drum. So so during COVID, uh, t- uh, Taylor transitioned to Great Heights, and then we brought on Trailer, which is which has not been confusing at all for anyone. R R R R R. Yeah, uh, Taylor. Uh, so Taylor Nance is our head brewer now, and he previously uh, brewed at No Label for quite a long time, and yeah, he's been great. Uh, our former head brewer is uh, my co-founder, our, my co-founder Sean, uh, and he did a great job. And for the first few years, uh, developed pretty much all of our core beer recipes. And he just, uh, I think, the, you know, those <laughs> that May through October warmed down, and and there's so many other responsibilities involved uh, with actually running the business that it, it was hard to to balance both and. We were finally in a position where we could relieve some of the manual labor on his part, bring in someone with experience uh, that we could trust with, with our brand and our, our beers, and, and uh, we've had really uh, nothing but a great experience with Taylor. He's been a great hire. Yeah, we've been happy to have him. He's, he, like, he was always a guy with, like, he just gave, he gave so much S about uh, just the beer in general, the liquid, like, 
every, every Monday, you should be looking, like looking at reviews, seeing how people were like were critiquing it, and like just being like, like, oh, it's not like this, it's like this. And like, he's a, he's a super passionate guy. Uh, he's great, great wife, great, just like good vibes. Well, yeah, yeah. My only, my only complaint is that he still lives in Katy, so we never really get to drink beer together. Because he's got a thirty-mile drive home. I uh, see. My complaint would have been would have been his hair. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just jealous of his hair as someone who's <laughs> rapidly losing his. Um, I don't know. He, he was always like a great guy to hang out with and all that, but he he made he made really good beers. And so to see him go from no label to you guys over at Grey Highest, man, I was excited about it. Wow. Yeah, it was like a good move for him. Uh, good move for you guys, and I, mean, I don't know. Just, I, I haven't noticed like the beers really changing too much or anything. Uh, yeah, I mean, so we've never we've never been the most uh, like I don't know creative out there brewery. We don't you know we don't do a lot of pastry stouts and uh, like like crazy fruited stuff. Uh, you know, obviously there's. <laughs> There's a place for that stuff, but uh, we just oh. we we we, <laughs> we keep it a little more reined in, and we just try to, to brew the best uh, beer we can of, of a little more traditional styles. And I, I it's not really a, a I guess it's not like a core value that that we don't want to get crazy. We're just I guess our group is not the most creative. Uh, like recipe development, well, but adjunct type guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, and that's, that's not what we drink. So I guess exactly. Any exactly. brewery, you tend to brew what you really like to, to drink. Mm-hmm. No, there certainly are exceptions. Any brewer will tell you they want to drink the Czech Pilsner, or, or, but you know, I don't know. From the beginning, I told you guys that actually the shirt is from the very beginning. By the way. It's a lot tighter on me. Yeah. And I don't know if you noticed when I walked in, it shows a lot of extra curves. No. But I bought this when you first <laughs> opened, and I figured I'd wear it tonight. But um, we appreciate the tribute. Yes. It's yeah. very dashing on you. Matches right. your hat. Appreciate it. Well, you know, I try to dress accordingly. Yeah. Belt needs to match the shoes. The hat needs to match. I, yeah. People don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> but... <clears throat> No, from the beginning, you guys have made some really great beers, uh, especially like the IPAs. You know, just good, delicious IPAs. Blue Tile, it's a very fantastic IPA. Yeah, it's it's a simple beer, uh, all mosaic hops. I think most people really like mosaic. The ones that don't really dislike it, I've definitely found that it's it, it's polarizing, but it's probably eighty five fifteen. But yeah, if you don't like mosaic, you really don't like it. Uh, but yeah, we like to drink IPA, and so we make a lot of them. And we do a lot of hazies, but we also uh, do well, like blue tile. It's not we don't call it a hazy IPA. It's uh, it blurs the line a little bit between a standard American and a hazy, uh, more like the the Vermont style, maybe like a like took some inspiration from uh, you know what Hetty Topper was ten years ago, basically. Uh, but yeah, we I mean, we'll make any kind of IPA other than you know, like a real super fruited mm-hmm. unfermented IPA. We don't really do that. We did one for our, our anniversary for the first time and it it clogs our draft lines every time we try to pour <laughs> it, so we'll probably never do it again. <laughs> All right, well, uh, I'm out of beer. You're out of beer. All right, let's take a break. 
This is Drink of Ages. We are hanging out at Great Heights Brewing Company in the Heights-ish. Uh, North Heights. Yeah, uh, Garden Oaks, Oak Garden Forest. Garden Oak Forest. Goof, as we call it locally yep. here. Yeah. This is Drink of Ages. We'll be right back. Weekends are a great time to check out Megaton Brewing in Kingwood. Jared, Chris, and the gang have created a badass place to kick back and enjoy a few beers. Big stouts, approachable sours, and plenty of hoppy brews are on tap at Megaton. Lots of space to hold your birthday party, corporate outing, or any event in one of the most unique tap rooms in the Houston area. Check them out on social media for their concert and event schedule. Megaton Brewery. Hope to see everyone at the vault. You may have noticed there have been quite a few changes at No Label, and they are steadily pumping out tasty brews. With their new head brewer, Trailer, bringing in his West Coast brewing skills, taps have been flowing with lots of hoppy deliciousness like Cowboy West Coast IPA. I'm real excited about what they're doing on the West Side. Top Room is open seven days a week, very family and dog friendly. Make the short trip to Katie and see what is happening at No Label. Follow them on social media for events and beer releases. No Label Brewing Company. Key T Wellness, our friends down in Dickinson, is where you need to go if you're feeling sluggish, non-energetic, and non-motivated. Not just when you're hungover. Get to know your numbers. As we get a little older, our hormone levels change, men and women. KT Wellness can help. Weight loss, hormone optimization, low testosterone, B12, Botox, and more. Stop in and tell them that you heard it on Drink of Ages and get a free B12 shot. KTWellness.com. Why not feel your best again? KTWellness.com. This is Drink of Ages Radio Show on ESPN 97.5. I'm John Demon, Tom Painter. We're hanging out with Patrick Christian from Great Heights Brewing Company. We are actually at Great Heights hanging out. Uh, it's, a, it's a mess outside, man. Uh, what they're doing on the street. Yeah, uh, so just to, to give your listeners an idea, uh, we're on Wakefield Drive in Garden Oaks, uh, just north of the Heights, uh, a few blocks north of the 610 Loop. We're actually on the same block that Petrol Station uh, was located on. Just to give uh, you a rest in peace. Give you a reference point. Yeah, rest in peace, Petrol Station. Uh, yeah. So my my business partner Sean and I were actually having beers at Petrol when we saw the for lease sign uh, in front of this property. So, you know, Petrol kind of directly led to us locating our brewery here. We've been going to Petrol for years. We both lived in uh, Oak Forest. Uh, Part of the Garden Oaks, Oak Forest, the goof, uh, as we like to call it around here. But, yeah, uh, the city has torn our street to – you can't curse on this show, right? It's on terrestrial radio. If it feels if it feels right, man, let well, it go. They've torn our street to shreds. Uh, oh. <laughs> it, 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 it's been it's been I didn't know you were gonna say that. Yeah, that was good. <laughs> you were gonna say yeah. shreds? Yeah. Oh my Well no, no I'm I'm trying to be respectful. We're I'm not lose our sponsors. I don't want you to have to go back and beep anything. Uh, so our, yeah, our street has been one way uh, so from east to west, it's been one way for now for about three and a half months on a street that traditionally is a two way street. Uh, it's torn up. They're burying a bunch of uh, stormwater, like, drainage to uh, alleviate some flooding concerns, which will be great. And, like, ultimately, they're supposed to add sidewalks to each side of our street, uh, 
which would be great because it's it's an awesome block. It's got uh, Great Heights Brewing, our uh, our next door neighbors Decant Urban Winery. We have Walking Stick Brewing. We've got uh, William Price Distilling, and then just soft opened, uh, like right around the corner, is a new distillery called Avenac. One of one of the greatest streets in Houston history, yeah, yeah, right? Uh, and it, 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 it is, is one of the booziest streets. Yeah, for sure. And one of the booziest. Let me clarify. Avenac is not new, but they've moved. They've relocated, so they're new to our block. Yeah. But yeah, so we have two distilleries, two breweries, a uh, winery, and a coffee roastery all on the same block. And the Ghost of Petrol. It's <laughs> yeah, and the Ghost of Petrol, which will become uh, a new uh, bar. Yeah, monkey cell concept. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's whatever called, they're going to do. Called Grease Monkey. Grease I, Monkey. I don't know when it's going to open. Obviously, the construction has uh, torpedoed their plans, but at some point, Petrol will reopen as a new bar. Uh, so, yeah, it's a, it's a great bar to hang out and drink on. And when well, it's all said and done, it'll street. be awesome. But, yeah, the construction has destroyed us for three months yeah. because it, it is a total mess. Yeah. It, remember when they were going to do the, the rail through North Main, uh, through Main Street of downtown? And all these businesses, I mean, hopefully that's not the same situation that happens here. Uh, because you can still at least drive and get to the breweries, get to the distilleries, and get to all the bars. Well, I think they have to, right? Because people live on this street. Yeah. yeah. Well, so <laughs> well, on, on the weekends, it's pretty easily accessible. But during the week, until the cruise shut down at 6 or 6.30, it, it is a pain. Because you might have to wait behind an excavator loading a dump truck for 10 minutes before you can get through. So, like, we've missed uh, deliveries from uh, 18-wheelers, like grain shipments and canned shipments we've missed because the truck doesn't think they can get down here. It, not to mention construction crews have knocked out our gas three times. They've knocked out our water main, I think, also three times. Oh, and man. also shut, uh, done planned shutoffs maybe three or four times. We shut it off twice on Wednesday nights when it's, our, it's like our big trivia night. And two of the times they knocked it out without warning were on Saturday afternoons. So, <laughs> you know, not when there's going to be people hanging out at the brewery, yeah, right? Yeah, no, yeah, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a nightmare. So, like, it's scheduled to be uh, completed in January. If you look outside, that seems absolutely insane and ridiculous. I don't anticipate that happening. I'm hoping for, like, maybe spring break. Man, I'm looking across the street right now. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't even think they could, even if it was done, they couldn't clean it off before then. But anyway, do us a solid and drive down here and support us because <laughs> we're getting our, our butts kicked by this construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, not great timing coming off of last year. I will say uh, to, to, plug, <laughs> to plug ourselves, we, uh, we just opened a new private event space uh, next door. Uh, it's got its own bar. We can seat 50, 60 people. Uh, so we got that going for us. Well, that, and once you make it down the road, there is parking. Yeah, yeah, we do have so. a sizable parking lot, uh, 30 spaces or so. So once you, like, reach us traversing down the block, you will be able to park. How does the neighborhood, you know, support you guys? I mean, like everybody walking over here, riding bikes and stuff like that? Yeah, I mean, the, the neighborhood is great. I, I think the vast majority of our business comes from people that live within a couple miles of here. Uh, while the street's torn up, it's hard to even walk here because it's it's muddy. Uh, you know, the sidewalks are covered with uh, equipment and like concrete uh, 
culverts and like things are <laughs> waiting to be buried. You're in not the ground. selling this very well. I know. At all, I, man. I, yeah, I'm just like, saying. If you have a kid in a stroller, it'll probably get ran over. <laughs> yeah. No, I would not <laughs> recommend walking your stroller down our block yeah, right yeah. now. It's a mess. Uh, but for you, adventure enthusiasts, yeah. For you, for you guys, I want to backpack a little yeah, bit. I'm yeah. gonna say, man, you know, there's a lot of Houstonians that, that want to get out for in your nature. Tom Cruise types, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that want to go out, like strap on a backpack, park, go you know somewhere, hike for a few miles, and end up drinking a beer. A voice certain death. You you will get some of the Risky. most delicious beer. Well, we are still in Houston, so <laughs> certain death is you know, avoiding certain death is not like a promise. When, it, when it's all said and done, <laughs> it will be the best block in the city of Houston to come drink on. I'd and we'll have a big agree. like uh, reopening party, big block party. We'll coordinate with all of our neighbors. It'll be great. But you, you guys should. I mean, that's oh, like oh, I, I, I've always I've, I've always thought about it. Like when Petrol was there, it was just like this is like because you can like you go to Petrol. At the time, you would go to Petrol, then yeah. you go to Walking Stick, and then you go here. Mm-hmm. Like, just like it was just like it was just like oh, this is so nice to have. It, like they're, like in Washington, they have well, a, they have a brewery corridor. Here, you have a brewery like fifty feet. Yeah, you know, like just like yeah, know, yeah. I, I, I would really, I'd be interested to know if there are two breweries in the state of Texas closer to one another than us and Walking. I absolutely stick. doubt it because uh, probably door to door, we're looking at a hundred yards, maybe no. door to door. Yeah. Most most breweries that wanted to open up, they were always looking like away from somebody else, right? Yeah. Like, 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 oh no, there's already a brewery in Houston. We need to open up one in San Marcos, <laughs> like that far away. And there, there's just think about Houston in general. Like, like there's no like Richmond Strip was like for a little while there. We can go watch some music and stuff like that. Oh, you are dating Montrose. I, well, I'm I'm continuing on. I was early <laughs> early on then, but. Then I like Westheimer. Uh, there were there was like there were bars that you can stop in and see shows and stuff. Washington, there was a few you know where you can go in and see some good live shows. But everything else is so spread out. So there yeah. there's nothing. That's why I think the reason why music doesn't succeed very well in Houston, live music, is because there's no area that you don't have a you don't have a live music district that has that. Venues right, and, yeah. right, right. And we don't have that with um, beer. We don't have it with any of the any of that type of industry. Yeah, I mean, th- I think this side of town certainly is great uh, to hit up a lot of breweries. But I mean, you've got Eureka, New Magnolia, Walking Stick, us, Astral, uh, Elder Sons, the new mm-hmm. place, Carbox, not far. But of course, you can't you can't walk for, to all these places. But you can hit them all up in an Uber pretty quickly. Yeah, yeah, it's within like what. Five miles. Oh, Brash too. I forgot yeah, about Brash. Yeah, Brash, Kings. We were at Kings before we came over here. Yeah. So Kings Beer House. Yeah. The only, you know, yeah, the only other spot I can think of, like, I think True Anomaly is probably between a brewery and a like, the, like Frost Town's going in there, right? Like, Frost Town. Like, I mean, yeah, they're on then, the other side of Fifty Nine. But then like True Anomaly, like literally True is, like, a block away, and then. But yeah. outside of that, I mean, but this is like, yeah, no, what Patrick was saying is like, yeah. this, this block. This, yeah, is gonna I mean, be, this, this will be. This is a this, block. Yeah, <laughs> it is what it's going to be. But yeah, we're happy to be here as long as there's parking. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm not exactly sure what the parking. Situation as long as there's yeah, going to be, it's going to be a little sketchy. But because we've always had street parking, I'm not sure if, if we're still going to have street parking when the construction's done. It remains to be seen. Yeah, but uh, we do have our own parking lot for anybody listening out there. No, no man, it's a. I mean, 
It's a great spot. Yeah, very centrally lo located uh, to a bunch of different things. Pretty easy to get to from all freeways. Yeah, we're. I mean, we're two minutes off of six ten. You know, kind of, kind of right between uh, two ninety and forty five. Kind of just due north, central Houston. Yeah. No, uh, Wakefield. My aunt had a house on Wakefield years ago when I was a little kid, and I actually saw a spaceship from her backyard. Like I saw a UFO from her backyard, <laughs> and I know. It sounds crazy and everything else, but I, I was a little kid, but I guarantee my cousin that was with me, he'll draw the same UFO that I draw. Um, so can you describe it to us? Well, we were sitting in the backyard. Are we talking like flying saucer? It was a flying saucer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But the thing, though, is that it looked more like a missile shape than a flying saucer shape, but not flying like a missile. And to the point where we're in the backyard and we look up, we see it through uh, you know, some power lines and some stuff. We're like, what is that? We run inside, get my aunt, because it was like kind of trippy, right? Back in when I was a little kid, you know, we had like drills because Russia was about to bomb us <laughs> with nuclear bombs and stuff like that. So it was super scary to see this thing in the sky. We run inside, get my aunt. She comes out. She says, ah, you guys are crazy. No big deal. You know, years pass. I talked to my cousin about it. And he's like, man, yeah, no, that, that shit was crazy, man. Wait, so what, how, old, how old were you? Young enough to be just a dumb little kid, or are you talking like 12, 13, 14? Nah, no. maybe like, so like nine, okay. something like that, nine, Probably ten, somewhere around there. Right around the edge of maybe dumb yeah. little kid. What did, you, what did your aunt, what was her explanation? Uh, she thought we were nuts because, you know, we also fought stormtroopers and everything in the backyard all the time. So, you know, she didn't really believe us. But he, if he was on the show right now, he, he could tell you the exact same story and draw it for you. And we saw that. Off of Wakefield. All right, let's call him up. Let's hear what he has to say. <laughs> Do some. Uh, Long time listener for some call. Yeah, small time <laughs> listener. A little hey, this is Robert Two News. <laughs> Everything John says is true. I was there. I was there. A little but coast also, to coast here. The stormtroopers were not made up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was pretty wild. It was pretty wild. Um, but I don't know, man. It really sucks, though. It sucks for your business. Uh, this happening, but ultimately it'll be good for it. But in the meantime, temporary, temporary. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean, not just not great timing after last year, but we'll uh, we'll be fine. <laughs> we'll be fine. Yeah, that's good. That's <laughs> good. That'd be a great name for an anniversary beer. Yeah, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> not not a bad idea. <laughs> well, I mean, you did you did yours, and this is fine. Yeah, this is fine. And I try to do, like, dumpster fire, you know, last year. And they're like, no, we can't do that. But you know, it makes sense, though. It's like, you know, it's, it, it's great heights. It's like it's the street. You see a bunch of masts, like, like on a road. And then you see a, a bulldozer, like, destroying the road. I will say one silver lining of the construction as the father of a two-year-old who lives about two blocks from the brewery is that it's constant entertainment on our walks for him to come watch all the diggers and the bulldozers. He is absolutely fascinated by yeah, that stuff. Yeah. And, we, and I have seen other parents on our front uh, patio uh, just sitting there with their toddlers watching like excavators <laughs> going to work. Yeah. So, Kids yeah. love big trucks. Yeah, yeah they certainly do. It's part of it. All right. Patrick, 
you and I are a beer, Tom, drinking slow. Uh, I'm catching up. I'm catching catch up. up. Catch up. Take a break. Come back. Talk more with uh, Patrick Christian from Great Highs here in Houston. Uh, <laughs> what is that? What is that? This what is happened? this is Drinking Ages Radio on ESPN. <laughs> why? Why did Kevin? Why did Kevin lose? Kevin lose it on that one. All right, we'll be right back. Hey, good beer drinkers, this is John Denman from Drink of Ages Radio inviting you out to Spindle Tap Brewery. Less than 15 minutes north of downtown, Spindle Tap is making some of the best beers around. IPAs, double IPAs, lagers and stouts, definitely going to find your next favorite beer. Come out and be ready to play, though. Nine-hole championship putt-putt, basketball court, baseball and kickball field, disc golf, or just kick back in the air-conditioned tap room. Great food, excellent beers, and a badass time. Check out Spindle Tap Brewery, Spindle Tap, that's T-A-P, SpindleTap.com. G'day sports fans, Sean from Platypus Brewing, located right here in Houston. We're very crafty here at Platypus Brewing, not your average brewery, but offering something for everyone, and inviting you to join me for a few brews, some tasty grub, and very excited to announce our new liquor and craft cocktails with a full bar. Happy hour Tuesday to Friday, sports on the tellies, large covered patio, both family and dog friendly, 1902 Washington Avenue, just a stone's throw from downtown. Platypus Brewing, brewed with Texan heart and Australian soul. Platypus it's time to get on the highway to Hemp Vodka. Highway Vodka, Texas's first hemp-based vodka and black-owned distillery, is already on the highway to Houston's best vodka. Trust me, I make it. I'm Cody Fuller, the lead distiller of Highway Vodka. Our award-winning vodka is made out of three simple ingredients, hemp, corn, and water. We distill it six times, keeping only the hearts of the run, meaning no hangovers. You can find Highway in all the major liquor stores. Get on the highway and find out more info at highwayvodka.com. All right, we are back at Great Heights Brewing Company here in Houston, uh, hanging out with Patrick Christian. Man, sometimes the third segment gets hard to talk. Tom, painter, especially with those long breaks. <laughs> so, I am. Sometimes yelling. Well, I think between Patrick and myself, we have a whole separate show. We could have probably recorded. <laughs> We're just catching up. You know, like. The greatest thing about being a part of this industry <laughs> is being a part of the industry and, and, and the camaraderie and, like, the social aspect of getting together with other people in the industry. And, Absolutely agree. And we were yeah. robbed of that in 2020. Yep. And so there's, a lot of, there's been a lot of catching up this year. Absolutely. And it's also, like, I feel like a lot of in the industry, there's people that you don't quite, like, you know, but you don't know type of thing. And, like, it's like, it's like. I've met you a hundred times. I've never actually had a conversation with you. Like, like type of, I mean, that, that happened. Like that happens a lot. Like, uh, I shake a lot of people's hand. Like, uh, there was uh, so recently. I, I I had a more than two minute conversation with a uh, former guy from Spindle Tap, uh, uh, Leo Longoria. The uh, I've never talked to Leo more than two minutes of my life. He's at Galveston Island now, right? Yeah, he's at Galveston yeah. Island, and he, and he was at, like, Backview in between there, and, and but he was just like, he was like, I didn't know how this conversation was going to go. The, uh, the, oh, Leo's a r- super, super friendly guy. Yeah, but, like, I think there's a lot of people in this, this industry is, is it's so big and full of love and it has its characters, and you just, you, you see a lot of people all the time, but sometimes you don't have a chance to actually, like, 
sit down and talk to them. And that's one of the biggest blessings of, of being a part of Drink of Ages. Uh, you know, when uh, John, John asked me to come on, is having like it's like having conversations like like with you and like fleshing all this stuff out. Because the best part is of of this industry and this show are the relationships. I'll tell you, I've got a great photo of actually the three of us and my partner Sean from Cerebral Brewing in Denver. <laughs> man, I, I, I even, sort of remember I that. I don't, I, don't that remember, night. I don't remember if it was GABF. Or it was GABF. Uh, it was GABF. Okay. Yeah, it was GABF. I don't well, know how many years that, ago. We, we had that one CBC in Denver. Yeah, yeah. But I don't remember which, I don't no, remember which it event was, it was. It was JBF. And all I remember is I remember somehow I had no wallet, oh. no phone, and I'm sitting at Cerebral. And you know, I, th- I think it might have been the same day that we that uh, yeah, you're right. I, th- I believe it was JBF. It was probably 2018, 2017, maybe 2018, 2017. I think we had all gone to that uh, Pints for Prostates event. Did, did you go to that? Oh, uh, Denver that, like, rare, rare beer, beer tasting. Yeah, the best festival ever put on by mankind. Oh, uh, yeah, yes. we we came from that. Yeah, it literally was that. the best beer yeah. event I've ever been to. Yeah. And I think it was later that day after we already got blasted in the morning at that event at Cerebral. Yeah. Yeah. We, uh, we, well, we were all victims to that. I don't even, right. How do, why did I not have my wallet? Like, I, the, the worst part is that, I, honestly, I probably had my wallet and my phone. But <laughs> it just, uh, they, were, I, uh, they were in the pocket you didn't check, man. Yeah, Denver. Cargo shorts, man. You know, I grew up in the 90s. That, that, I still wear cargo shorts. That, that rare craft beer tasting is like, I tell people all the time, it's like, that is the event you go you go to. And, like, GBF is important, but, like, that, oh my, that, that one. That, 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 that's, the, that's the best beer tasting event I've ever been to. But, but clear to the day. Yeah. Because I, I went out with you guys, and then somehow I ended up in, like, downtown Denver. And I ran into like 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 the like the buff guys, and and all of a sudden Rasul's like, oh, I'm on this journey with him. And then I finally ended up back at the house. And I think I, I I get so plastered that I ended up like booking a, a early flight back to Houston or something. Well, like, I need to go home. The thing is, <laughs> think about like, like JBF weekend, right? It, it is a vacation for all the brewery people. You know, in a sense, yes, everybody's working, but it, it also is a vacation. So we're all sitting around in another city, and we run into each other, and it just, you know, it's like when you were young and you would see your friends at the mall. You know, you get excited. You're like, ah, oh, what you doing walking around Mervyn's, you know, or whatever, man. GABF and, uh, and CBC week are, are my two favorite weeks of the year. They, they are so much fun to be a part of the industry and – and get to, well, I mean, like, yeah, we lost we lost the San Antonio CBC week. And Don't we lost, understand that one. And we lost San Diego CBC week. Don't understand that one. Ah, but yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to Minneapolis in uh, 2022. I've never been there. That'll be fun. And, and, and frankly, yeah, uh, so we were all in Denver during GABF week last year, but there was no GABF, so, you know, Hopefully, fingers crossed, we have a real GABF in 2022 in Denver. Yeah, but the, but I guess it was two years ago, I guess, 2019. That then that was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah, we meddled. That was great. Yeah, you guys meddled. Oh, man, I was proud of you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so actually, uh, that's what's sitting right above the bar right now. So we. 
Yeah, well, it's our it's our own medal. Uh, I feel like you know people say the the first one's the hardest one, but I feel like the second one is actually the hardest. We'll see. Uh, well, we medaled uh, for Bourbon Legend, our barrel aged barley wine. I've actually poured a little bit for each of you. This is the uh, second version of it. Uh, so this should win gold again, you know, if truth be told, right? What? We'll see. I mean, it's a tasty beer. When you get into a competition that big, it's 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 a total crapshoot. It's like a it's like a lottery. There's so many entries that. I mean, if well, any the, beer that wins is a great beer, but there's a lot of great beers that were cast aside. The really bad I was saying about when you won that one was you guys didn't have, like, a huge barrel program. And it, it, you had a small barrel program. No, it was the first barrel-aged beer we ever put out. Yeah. That, that's pretty phenomenal. Wow. So. We feel like we know what we're doing, but also, you know, there's definitely some luck involved. I mean, I'm not going to say that. You know, winning a medal in the competitions and all that stuff is, is luck because it's not luck. You have to make a really good beer, right? But Yeah, yeah. No, like, like I said, any beer that wins is a really, really good beer. Really, really good beer. I'm, you know, but you can have a great, great beer that doesn't medal, right? Mm. When there's 150 to 200 beers entered in a single category, at least half of them are going to be great beers. So there's not a lot of uh, room for this is really here. good. So, what is this? Like, uh, it's just an English-style barley wine aged in Kentucky bourbon barrels. It's a very yeah. nice barley wine, John. Yeah. I know, but it, it's very tasty. Yeah, John, why great. don't you look in my eyes? <laughs> well, now that we've opened this uh, this extra private event space, we're, we're calling it our barrel room. Now that we have... We have Climate controlled, uh, like a like a new climate controlled room for as many barrels as we want. We hope to expand our barrel program uh, from, you know, the one or two a year that we've put out to, you know, hopefully putting something out every two or three months. That it'll take a while, but I'd like to get there. Yeah, the the whole barrel age program. I mean, that honestly is a tough thing for a lot of reasons. One getting the barrels to have the space for it. Everybody wants their brewery, their favorite brewery, to put out all these barrel-aged beers. But it's like, all right, see me in like two years. Yeah. yeah and, we'll and, put out some amazing beers. And there's, I feel like there's not the same fervor there was for it five or six years ago because, you know, there's just 8,000 breweries now and they're all putting something in the barrels. So there's just too much barrel-aged beer going around. Uh, people aren't, you're not seeing the same lines and excitement, but uh, it's still fun from our vantage point. And uh, yeah, I don't well, know. I think individually per brewery, you know, to make make quality, really good beers, and no matter what the style is, barrel aged or whatever, you still want to make that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, barrel aged beer is. If it's done well, it's really, really, it's special. It's delicious. Uh, We've only done stouts and barley wines, but we'd like to expand to do, uh, you know, mixed culture and do some saisons or Belgian beers. Uh, we haven't done it yet, and we'll see what happens. But like, I, I'm open for putting anything in a barrel at this point. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen next year? Like, like what? What do you think? Just overall. Overall, the pendulum, of beer? Yeah, say 
say like last year, last couple of years, you know, we saw from hazy IPAs yeah. back to the lagers, lighter beers, and right. all that. So, so hazy hazy IPA has slowed. It's still huge. Maybe maybe the biggest category of craft beer, and it's not going away. But but I think it's peaked. And so, uh, me personally, I I like uh, I feel like there's some momentum coming back toward the the West Coast, the the clean, simple, crisp drinking IPA. And we're gonna we're making more of those, and we the really enjoy those. The best style of beer. Yeah, kind of like the kind of the San Diego IPA. That's that's very pale, very simple malt bill, really expressive hops, not not a crazy bitter like the like kind of the IBU wars from ten years ago. Uh, so I like I, I I like that trend. I like uh, that loggers are are getting you know craft loggers are gaining popularity. Easy drinking, uh, quality ingredients, very clean beers. Uh, I like I like the uh, dry hopped using American hops uh, versions of these lagers. Those are great too. Uh, we, we've we felt kind of like uh, people aren't looking for the big ABV numbers as much recently. Like we'll put out double IPAs uh, and they're just not selling with the same velocity as they used to. I think people are. I don't. I don't know. If, I don't know if maybe seltzer has something to do with it, but people are seeming to come around on a little bit more sessionability, even if that's in the sixes or sevens instead of eights or nines. Yeah. Like percent wise. I don't know. I think. I think. Same thing is um, people realize that I can sit somewhere and have five percent beers for this time, or I can have like seven and nine percent beers. Yeah, and and maybe just. Maybe the, the segment of our, the demographic that is most uh, interested and passionate about craft beer, maybe they're just growing up a little bit and they're not looking to get hammered. Yeah. I disagree. Because <laughs> I think <laughs> maybe. I think, um, yeah. It's like lagers are great. I'm going to still drink 18 of them. You know, I think, I think everyone wants to go to the same destination. I think it's just how fast I want to get there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, but I, I definitely like I can I can, I mean, for us, I mean, the haze and, I, and John, John and I talk about spinal tap stuff all, all, often, but like haze is haze is definitely king, but it's definitely think it's not that like all of a sudden like like no one's not interested in haze. It's just like when you have like every brewery in Houston doing him, <laughs> like like yeah, yeah, been attacking on all fronts. They're just not that, they're not necessarily special anymore. Yeah. People, people still love them, but people, now, but now you can get one because, anywhere because and, it's an easy, accessible way to craft yeah. into high ABV. And, craft and, beer. and people have gotten breweries have gotten better at making them, so you can get a quality one a lot easier now than you could three years ago. Oh, yeah! Almost any brewery will have a hazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like, and every other brewery will have a great one. <laughs> but. How many breweries are making like a really killer West Coast IPA? Well, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, we, we, that's what I, I like feel to like drink. we make some killer West Coast IPAs. They they don't they don't sell with the same velocity as as the haze, but I feel like it is coming back toward that direction a little bit. And then, and I think the new age West Coast IPA. Uh, it's a little more accessible. It's not. It's not as bitter as they were, when you had uh, 
you know, Stone and Green Flash putting out their versions, which which were great, and that's what people were looking for, you know, in 2012. But it's it's not necessarily what people are looking for now. Man, I I don't know. I, I kind of disagree because same thing as fashion, right? As fashion goes, it always comes back. I'm not saying 2012, you know, like the, the big IBU wars. Yeah. But the um, I think people want a big hoppy, like a big front hop beer well, now more than they, they wanted, you know, in the last, like, I don't know, six, seven years. Yeah, yeah. I, so I think people are looking more for that. I just think our pilots have adjusted – I think after several years of drinking 20, 30 IBU hazy IPAs, getting this citrus explosion, uh, a lot of great hop character without the bitterness that that now when you transition to like a West Coast style IPA that maybe something reasonable like 60, 70 IBU, they perceive that as much more bitter than be a bitter right yeah. that whereas it used to be like yeah. the 90 100 plus ibu yeah. is what you had to get to uh to really wreck your palate 10 years ago man well we tried to make that one with baba the oi 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 it was like 80 ibus you know all this and i drank it i'm like ah, it needs to be it needs to be more. That's me. That's like, me. That's like, me. I, like IBU these days, it's just not a great. Uh, it's not a great gauge because hopping techniques have changed so much between like post True. post boil hopping, whirlpool hopping, dry hopping, which aren't really uh, registered and accounted for by IBU. That I don't. I just don't even know how relevant IBU is as a rating system. Well, anymore. even even in the IBU days. How relevant was that number? Well, it was relevant up to a, up to a threshold, threshold, and then once you pass that threshold, it yeah. became you just decide whatever you want to call it. But yeah, the superest, bitterest, <laughs> most <laughs> bitterest, bitter. I gotta bitter tell hopped, you, dry hop, triple dry hop. In the last like uh, three or four weeks, and not that this is a crazy IBU beer, but I've I've drank probably forty Sierra Nevada celebrations. In the last three or four weeks, do you why you're wearing that hat? Well, I'm I'm a Sierra Nevada fanboy for sure, but I've just really fallen in love with that beer. I am again. too because yeah. it's it's kind of a it's like a relic, right? You don't have that that sweet uh, dark uh, caramel malt IPA anymore, and just something about it like kind of brings you back to when you fell in love with craft beer. You know, for me, it was in like kind of the mid aughts and. Mm. And uh, just, it, it kind of takes me back, and I'm loving it. I've, I've literally bought, I think I've bought maybe like four or five 12 packs already since you know, since it hit the shelves a month ago. Yeah. Well, the thing about like Celebration IPA from Sierra Nevada, it hits in August and it disappears before Christmas. But it truly is one of the best IPAs out there, and Sierra Nevada. Between Torpedo and Just Pell L. Yeah. Like, those are my favorite beers. And Celebration is right there in the top five. Yeah, really, really enjoying it this year. And, uh, I'm, yeah, as you said, it does disappear before Christmas, so I'll probably try and buy a few more cases just to hold me over till maybe March Madness. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, it is delicious. Patrick, man. <clears throat> Appreciate you letting us hang out here, man. Hey, I'm so happy to, to talk with you. 
We've had a really good time here at Great Fun Heights. Chatting beer and drinking beer. A lot of th- there were some beers drank tonight. Uh, many. I think we got to test that. The Barrel Age beer, man, definitely deserves another medal. That beer is delicious. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. Actually, the, t- the Texas Craft Brewers Guild is doing their own beer competition this year. That'll be fun. About time, I feel like. Yep. Yeah, Tom. Uh, everyone get their votes in for. John, this is a whole other thing. So, 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 uh, as of this recording, I, I am running for the uh, uh, seat on the Texas Craft Brewers like uh, Brewers Board. Um, but by the time this airs, uh, voting will be over. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah sure. Good so luck, none, Tom. none of this is relevant. Is so, what you're saying, Tom? I, I, I understand. I I have uh, Val from Valson's vote, and as I, long as I, I, I got tell you, buddy, you have my I, have, well. I have all I need. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, where were we when we started this conversation? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're talking about the we're talking about beer medals and that yeah, yeah, the yeah. Texas Craft Brewers Guild. We are they are doing a festival. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, no. And it it's, is it's great. And the award is actually it's a like gold like bull tie, like like bolo Texas, tie, like, yeah, yeah. I think that's really is cool. Like, yeah. like a bolo? Yeah. <laughs> well, last night we were at the uh Brewers Guild yeah. yeah, Brewers Guild meeting and apparently there's a category that no one has submitted a beer wet yet. Right? Yes, but Charles wanted to say what, what it was. So Hmm. So there is well, a I, the deadline's category. Friday. Everyone's gonna submit on Friday. Friday. That will win the Golden Bolero or whatever. The, what is this called? You don't know what a bolo is? <laughs> oh man! With the two strings. Yeah, no, no. I remember. I, I remember. Yeah, that that will win the Golden Bolo. The bo- Golden Bolo. Oh, they have gold, bronze, and silver. I don't know. Yeah. Well, like, but, that, but that, that's as Texas as like it's either that or a belt buckle, right? So like. True. They, uh, I'm, I'm, I, I'm I, looking forward to it. I think, and then also, it's gonna give everyone an excuse to actually go, get, like, go to the meeting. Yeah, there's gonna be like, an in-person award ceremony, which will be right. super fun. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's, it's the annual meeting of the, of the, of, of the guild, and it'll be when all the, like, awards are handed out. So it like, it should be great. That's in February, and, and it'll be like, you know, everyone, everyone can get together, and, and it's something for us, it's everyone in Texas. You know, it's not. No one, no one, and it, and we always need an excuse to come together and see each other, especially after last year, which was a. Uh, oh. All right, <coughs> well, appreciate you, buddy. Happy it's been to be fun. here. Great house brewing company. Uh, yeah, it's a little challenge to get here, but worth the drive right now. Come support them. I mean, it, it's it's really not that bad, but just know how to how to navigate the. I don't know. You want you want to explain more, yeah, Patrick? Yeah, I mean. Y- you can get here very <laughs> easily. Easily, it's just not pretty. It, if you're coming on a weekend, it's really no big deal. If you're coming Monday through Thursday before 6 p.m., it can be a pain. But just come visit us on Saturday, Sunday. You're good. And of all people that need some support right now, these guys do. They make fantastic beers. And if you never tried them, then you are absolutely missing out. So, on behalf of Tom Painter. No Label Brewing Company, and myself, John Denman, DJ Muscratch over there, the producer. I want to thank everybody for listening, and you can tune in to any of the old shows sponsored by No Label Brewing Company by going to drinkofages.com and all other OnlyFans and 
different websites across the web. No, don't mention our OnlyFans. That's a whole other thing, John. Well, that's, an, that's a subscription. So, okay. That's how that works. This is Drink of Ages. We'll talk to everybody next week.